This is episode number 204, and it's listener Q&A. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a business day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. What up, everyone? Hope you're having a fabulous day today. And I got a request by a bunch of people to do this. So I thought I'd try this out. It's going to be a listener Q&A today. And uh, I got a bunch of questions that people submitted. So I'm going to go through a lot of them. I haven't really read them all. So they're going to be kind of off the cuff answers for you. Uh, But I'm going to go through them and uh, share what comes on top of my mind. I ask people, you know, to submit questions about uh, business and life or any questions you would have for me. And I'll answer them. So before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor who's been with us from the very beginning. That's onit.com. And if you're looking to achieve total human optimization, they have some of the best products on the planet to optimize your nutrition, your health, and your mind. So make sure to check them out over at onit.com. And you get 10% off on supplements when you use the checkout code greatness. Make sure to check out onit.com today. So let's dive into this, guys. There are a bunch of questions I got here, and I'm going to go through some of them, 
and I'm going to go through a handful of these. We'll see how long this goes. I'll probably keep it around 20 to 30 minutes because I want to keep it uh, kind of tight for you guys. And one of the first questions I see is from a previous guest that I had on, Mr. Jarek Robbins. And he said, success and achieving things is easy once you figure out the science of it. Love, however, is a whole different animal. <laughs> what are the most important lessons you've learned about love thus far on your journey? And uh, it's a perfect question. It's perfect timing for me, Jarek. Thank you for asking that. Most important questions I've learned about love this far on your journey. Um, this is what's coming up for me right now. So it may be different in like a month or two or next year. But love, uh, love is not the only thing that people need sometimes. Uh, sometimes we need more than love to get what we need to make sure that we're living our most authentic, truest lives. Um, and that could be in any type of business or romantic relationship. I am a, a huge believer in love. I believe love is the answer we should be moving towards. Um, I think in intimate relationships, we've got it, it takes more than love sometimes. It takes um, you know timing. It takes uh, matching certain things, certain elements. It it, it takes uh, having a similar path, a similar vision. It takes being able to communicate on the same in the same language. You know, we're human beings and we speak English, but sometimes we really don't speak the same language. So it's really understanding how to understand and communicate and make sure our needs are met. So I'm a big um, believer in love. Biggest, most important lessons I've learned about love this far on my journey is that it's not the only thing. It's not uh, the thing that can keep everything together, but I think it's necessary to keep things together. So hopefully that answers that question, Jarek. Thank you for that uh, challenging first question for me. This is the next question from Gayarthra Pereira. Hey, Lewis, could you please let us know how someone could follow your path but lives outside the USA? For example, I live in Sri Lanka. Therefore, getting credibility featured on media can be totally different. Could you be able to give your advice for the entrepreneurs who are trying to reach a crowded uh, space over the globe, but lives in a small country. Any tips and ideas would be much appreciated. Love your content and podcast, Lewis. Keep up the good work. Well, here's the thing. I believe it's Gayarthra. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter where you live anymore. In my opinion, the internet has really changed the game for so many of us. And, you know, being in the USA, born in the USA, you know, maybe it's easy for me to say that. But I came from a small town in Ohio where no one knew me. And, uh, I came from a place where I didn't have any credibility. I didn't have any expertise. I didn't have a college degree. Um, you know, I, I was new in an industry, so I played football. And then I got into the online business world without having any experience or any credibility. So for me, I was able to leverage the internet and really connect with people. I think relationships really build credibility. You know, I would go to so many conferences uh, and meet writers and journalists and then pitch them articles for different news sites. And I also do this online. I'll, I'll direct message people. I'll tweet at people. I'll Facebook message them. I'll, I'll, I'll post them on Instagram. I'll follow people. I'll comment on their stuff. I'll read their stuff and then I'll share it and let them know what I thought about it. So I'm building relationships constantly with other people in my industry who I can gain more credibility with, but also with press. And that's something you can do from anywhere. You got to 
first really build up an expertise in something. And that could be a sub niche. So for me, when I started out, that was learning how to use LinkedIn. I was doing it for my own self to just connect with people and see if I could find some opportunities to make money. And through building up my profile, people asked me to help them with theirs. And then it continued to grow from there. So what I would say is, one, really build your following and connect with journalists and other experts in your industry online. If you can't travel, if you can't go to events, at least you can do that. And anyone can create a blog and build expertise around that. So the best content will win. So it's all about how much you're willing to put into your content, your information and developing your skills. Hopefully that answers that question as a starting point. George Thompson asks, how does one start out while still having a full-time job and doesn't have any ideas as far as having a product or service, but wants to have their own business? It's a great question, George. And I've got a, a new course out actually right now called Profitable Online Courses, which teaches people how to launch and, and create a course. And one of the first things is coming up with your idea because a lot of people don't know what product they want to have. They may have a service and it may be easier to have that idea of, okay, what's my product that I'm going to create around this service. But if you don't have a product or service idea yet, then you really got to create a list. You got to create a list of the things that you really love to do of the things that you're good at and the things that people will pay you for. So think about what your current job is right now. Maybe you're a project manager, you're a graphic designer, you're um, you know, you might be an intern in something. I'm not really sure what your job is, George, but you got to think about what is the thing that people are already paying you to do? And do you have a better expertise in another topic? Um, do you have a passion that you really love to do every single day that you want to create something around that information around how others can do that same thing? So you want to think about that, what people will pay you for, what you're really good at, and uh, the thing that you're going to be passionate for for a long time, because you don't want to just create a product that you're not excited about or passionate about, a topic that you don't love, because it's going to be really hard to promote it and sell it and market it for the long haul if you're just trying to do it to make money. So yes, you might make a quick buck, but it's not going to be rewarding or fulfilling long term. So you really got to think about the things that you're passionate about, the things you love to do. Create that list right now of all the things that you're excited about, you love to do, that people pay you for, that people come to you for expertise for, that they come to you for answers for, and start thinking about how you can create a product around that topic. Next question is from Herneet, who says, what are the three most crucial things to do while building a personal brand? It's a great question, and thank you for asking. The first thing I would say for building a personal brand is really figuring out who you are and conveying that message to the world. So I would recommend really writing down you know, a, a firm bio. Who am I? What do I represent? So that people, when they even find me online, can know how to position me, can know what my package is, can know what I'm all about so that they can do something with me and with my information. So I think getting a clear bio of, even if it's a one sentence thing, just who you are, being very clear about who you are, who you help, and how you help them. This is something that I would teach for people on LinkedIn profile um, messaging, actually. And this is a you know blast from the past talking about LinkedIn here. But in the headline of your LinkedIn profile, profile I would tell people, write down who you are, who you help, and how you help them in that, in that top sentence. And I think that helps get clear on what you're working on, what you're trying to create, and who wants to be a part of that. So that'd be the first thing is to really get your messaging down. The second thing I would say is... Your branding, your your actual branding itself. So the design, 
is for me one of the most crucial elements of my personal brand and making sure that my photos are high quality, my videos are high quality. The 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 design on my website is top of the line. You know, I get so many people that email me and say that they use my website design as reference when they're designing their site. So you want to become, you know, kind of the the leader in design. And that can be expensive, that can be pricey if uh, you're not a designer yourself, but it's so worth it, I, I believe, in the long haul to invest in design. Uh, so that'd be number two. Number three, I would say building authority around your name. So um, for me, you know, I built authority around LinkedIn originally, and then I rebranded myself around webinars. And now I'm, you know, doing the podcasting thing, and I've got a book coming out called The School of Greatness. Uh, I'm constantly in the press. So I'm building authority around my name by getting press, by building expertise, because I'm creating information and creating content and putting it out there. You know, the podcast has really helped my brand, I believe, because it's something I've been doing for over two and a half years now, and I've been consistent with it every single week for two and a half years. So I believe that consistency of creating an authority around your name is the third element in building a powerful personal brand. Okay, let's go through some more of these questions. Nikki said, what keeps you awake at night, if anything, and how do you relax? It's a great question. You know, <laughs> the answer to this would be the thing that keeps me awake at night is really striving to achieve my goals. You know, I have so many ideas. I think as an entrepreneur, we get um, caught with too many options. You know, if you become a good entrepreneur, you can make money out of anything. You can create something from nothing. And that's like the, the true testament of an entrepreneur who can build a business from just an idea and build, you know, a, a movement out of an idea. And so the thing that sometimes keeps me awake at night is too many ideas, too many options, too many things that are cool and amazing that I want to do. And uh, feeling like I'm not doing enough, feeling like, uh, you know, there's still more I want to create. I've got all this energy and ideas and I want to get it out there and I want to create it. So that at times keeps me up at night, but, but all, also I'm sleeping pretty well lately because I'm very committed to my goals. I'm committed to my vision and I'm putting a lot of energy into every single day. And I know the importance of sleep. You know, I've interviewed some of the top sleep experts in the world. Uh, so earlier in my career, I used to just not sleep. I used to just be like working all night till three, 4am and then doing it all over again. And I realized that I'm not going to be as productive throughout my day. My vision won't be fulfilled at the highest level if I'm staying up really late every night and if I'm not sleeping. So I've learned to actually shut down at night. You know, there's a great episode uh, with Sean Stevenson, the sleep expert on the School of Greatness, where he really talks about the ritual for shutting down and getting clear on what you created for the day and complete so that you can sleep and have a powerful rest and be ready for the next day. So... I'm sleeping pretty well lately, but uh, when I can't sleep, it's about the other options that I have. Paul Jackson asks, how can someone find a coach early in their life when most seem to be quite expensive? Ideas on finding a cheaper coach or mentor. Uh, it's an interesting question, Paul, because I'm a huge believer in a coach and having coaches and mentors, but also not in the traditional sense. Yes, I have coaches and mentors that I call from time to time and that I meet with and some that I pay and some that are free. But a lot of my mentors, believe it or not, Paul, are my, you know, my family members, my parents, my siblings, my friends, um, and also information on the internet. You know, I believe that 
you can find a mentor or coach from anyone now because so many people are putting out uh, content and information and podcasts and video shows and blog posts. So I'm just, I used to just you know watch people constantly uh, and learn from people online what they would create, what they would say. I would just you know Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, those guys. I would just listen to their shows and and watch what people are doing and learn through osmosis of being around that information. So they were mentoring and coaching me before you know, and they didn't even realize it. So if you want some one-on-one help, some one-on-one coaching or mentorship, and you don't want to spend for it, I think you got to find the right fit for you that you're willing to give value to that person, or you got to find someone who's willing to give you their time for free without anything in return. And that's a challenge now because most people are just stretched too thin. And the more successful they are, the more people ask them for advice and and, uh, mentorship all the time. So you got to really think why would I be a valuable asset for them to teach me everything they know or to teach me from time to time? You got to see what you can bring to the table. When I was starting out, I would do you know a lot of work for my mentors. I would constantly do research for them. Uh, I would support them. I would serve them. I would ask them what their biggest projects are and how I could help. And that could be an option for you as well. So the challenge is um, to really find the mentorship online with yourself right now and a lot of it for me, I remember when I was starting out salsa dancing, I was like, I can't afford private lessons. I was broke, but I really wanted to learn how to salsa dance. I found different YouTube channels that would teach lessons online. And I literally would just teach myself. Then I would go out to the the salsa clubs at night and practice the moves that I was practicing in my mirror while watching YouTube videos. And then I would ask people from like time to time out at the club, if I saw a move, I'd be like, can you teach me that? And they would show me there. Uh, after the song was over and I would just pick it up as I go. So you got to get creative with mentorships and coaches if you can't afford them. If you can't afford them, I think they're really valuable. But if you can't, then I would get creative. Claire Hosa said, thank you for offering the Q&A. I love to know what shifted you from hard slog to breakthrough. Was it a new habit, a mindset change, some inspiration or something else? I think what Claire is uh, asking about is when I was, you know, broke and, and sleeping on my sister's couch and how I was able to break through that. I believe that's the question. Um, but for me, I would say in that instance, Claire, it was a number of things. One, I was, I got to the point where I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, uh, I was, I was exhausted of being broke and not feeling worthy and not feeling like I knew what I was going to do in my life. So I just said, you know, enough was enough. I mean, it was like a year and a half of being down and out. And I was just like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep being a lazy bum that isn't making money, that isn't impacting the world. Like I've got to figure something out. So I started working as, you know, kind of like an intern for a mentor of mine for six to nine months, really just diving in and doing something, getting started. And as I was working for him, I started doing other things on the side. I started doing this LinkedIn stuff. I started researching, writing a book. I was doing public speaking uh, training. I was going to Toastmasters. I was picking up these other skills. And for me, it was the acquiring of skills during that time, which gave me the confidence, which gave me, you know, the significance because people were then coming to me and saying, wow, I, you know, you have this value. Now you've learned this thing. That's really cool. You learn these things as well. That's really cool. Can you teach me? So I had value to offer to people. And once you get a skill, then you can teach people and you can charge for that training. And that's what I started to do, uh, online, right? I started to package the information that I knew and started to sell it and package it online. So 
for me, it was that I was sick and tired of being broke and not feeling like I was enough and that I knew I had to do something in my life. And so I just started taking action and one day at a time started picking up new skills and the momentum is built over the last seven years now. And that's what I've been doing. I just haven't stopped and I continue to be consistent. Emily Price McVeigh said, what are your favorite books? Uh, I've got a lot of books on my shelf right now, but some of my favorite books, one is The Alchemist. For whatever reason, when I read that book, probably 10 years ago now, I should reread it. It came to me at the right time. It was the right message at the right time. And it just opened me up to a lot of uh, inspiration and possibility. That was one of my favorite books. Another book that I really like actually lately um, is called The One Thing uh, by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. I had them on the podcast as well. Uh, the One Thing, I really like this. It's all about focusing and emphasizing that one thing that you're really talented at, the one thing you're great at. And um, so that one was a good one. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, was a game changer for me, you know, seven, eight years ago when I read it. So I really like that one. If there's people here who are learning to be, um, you know, new entrepreneurs, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. I really like Mastery by Robert Greene. That's a powerful one. There's so many great books out there. Um, but those are some that come to mind right now as I look at my bookshelf. Here's a question from Mario uh, Ruiz, who said, I know you cover it a lot, but fear is always the number one dream stopper. How do you convince a friend or loved one that they can achieve anything? And how... Do you continue to encourage them without being annoying? I can't remember the guest, but you had a guy say, don't expect people to be excited about your vision of success. They get sad when you leave the herd because it makes them feel less of themselves for not taking a chance. Yeah, it's great. Great question, Mario. Um, yeah, I believe fear is probably the number one dream stopper. So how do you convince a friend or loved one that they can achieve anything? I don't think you can convince uh, a friend or loved one. I think you can show them that it's possible. You can inspire them. You can give them that information, but ultimately they have to, to, you know, see the possibility. It has to spark within them. You have to show them the possibility. Then they have to see it and realize, okay, yes, I can do this. So you've got to show lots of different examples. I think you've got to be a, a style flexing machine. So you've got to come with them with love. You got to come with them with passion. You got to come up with them with, you know, uh, some tough love sometimes and see what works. Sometimes it just takes timing. You know, for a while I was down and out, like I just mentioned, and I, I you couldn't, you know, have me do anything because I was just like bum, right? I just didn't want to do anything. I just needed to go through that process. But sometimes we are stuck in our ways. We're stuck in this mindset that holds us back from society or from what we learned as, as children growing up or in school. And someone told us something, said we were never going to be able to make it, said that we are never going to be good enough. And sometimes those words become like, you know, etched in stone in our, in our hearts and our minds that we will never be enough or we'll never be able to achieve what we want. And sometimes those words are actually what help us break through and we become driven to achieve because we want to convince people they are wrong about it. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give 
give you an extra stream of income, and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited-time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. There's so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So what I would say, Mario, is to one, focus on yourself and making sure that you're achieving your dreams. For me, I always wanted to be the example. I wanted to be, you know, an ideal, a symbol of greatness for people. And I said, you know, I can't really talk about it unless I'm living it and being it myself and going after my dreams. That's why I'm going after the Olympics. That's why I'm going after, uh, you know, building my business and going after being a number one New York Times bestselling author. And I'm, I'm putting these dreams out there and I'm going through the process to make them happen because I want to demonstrate to my friends and family like, hey, you guys can do this as well. If I can do this after being a bum seven years ago, then you guys can do this as well. So I think continue to be an inspiring, supportive friend, Mario. Uh, continue to lift people up. Um, I would also say, you know, it is sad, you know, because sometimes I've had friends that have gotten really mad or just don't talk to me anymore or, or just try to bring me down or talk behind my back because I aim, am gaining some notoriety or success in a certain area in my life. And it makes them feel like they're they're less of themselves, I guess, for not taking the chance that they they, that they want to take. Um, and you've got to let some of those people go. You know, you can't try to uh, hold on to them. For years, I would try to talk to some of my friends who, you know, would just kind of talk trash about me behind my back or who wouldn't really connect with me that often or wouldn't call me back. And I would try to continue the relationship. And I realized that, you know, I'm going to surround myself with people that inspire me. And I'm going to lift people up who are my friends, but if they don't want to continue to be my friends, if they don't want to continue to do what it takes to be in a relationship, then I'm not going to put all my energy into trying to convince people that they can achieve greatness as well if they aren't willing to do the work, if they're not willing to be supportive as well and be have a positive mindset. So 
I'm there to support people every step of the way if they're long, if they're willing to be positive and loving and open and committed. Um, and I'm willing to support people in a different way if they're not going to be that way. But I don't know if I'm going to put my time and energy into surrounding myself with those people, if that makes sense, because it's only going to bring me down. So I'm constantly looking to surround myself with people who are going to inspire me. Tony Stancato said, what are your thoughts on borrowing money, leveraging it to make more money? Interesting question because, huh, I don't believe I've ever borrowed money. And I think I've just, I don't know if I've consciously thought of it, but I think I've just always wanted to bootstrap everything on my own with my own sweat equity and with my energy and my hustle and my relationships. So I've always started uh, with, uh, you know, without having to borrow money, just like hustling to create something from nothing. And I think you don't need to borrow money to create, uh, to create a product online or to have a service. You can just start working for someone and get, uh, you know, exchange your time for dollars. And I think that's the way to start for me. Now there's a lot of people that find investors or, or, or get out a loan. And, you know, I've just never done that. So I can't really speak into that. But for me, I like the idea of hustling hard and making money for your time, for your energy at first, saving that money, then using your own money to reinvest in your own projects um, or finding a business partner to come on board. And if they've got money, then you're splitting the equity. You're doing the work. They're, inviting, they're providing the investment. So there is a split of equity there. So that's my thought on that. I think it's challenging to borrow money um, just because personally, I don't like owing anyone money. I'd rather you know, kind of be in control of that. And I'd rather hustle to make my own money without it by just providing a, a service to someone if I had to. Um, I guess if I really had to borrow money, then I don't know. It would be a challenge to me. I think I could do it if I knew that I was going to be able to make that money back within a certain period and then pay them off. So that's probably the only way I would do it. I want to do it if it was just um, to borrow money and see what would happen. But that's my answer there. <laughs> Let's see the next question. Here's a question from someone. I can't even pronounce your name because it looks like you're from somewhere in another country. I don't know what that name is. Uh, who's asking, do you still play handball? Uh, yes, I still play handball. The The Pan Am Games is happening right now, actually, as I speak. And we did not qualify the, for the Pan American Games, unfortunately. And that's the qualifier for the next Olympics in Rio. So right now I'm still playing handball. I haven't played in a few months, actually. But I'm you know, committed to playing when the next USA tournament happens. And we just don't know when that will be. Here's an interesting question from Chris Maxwell Rose. Is there any area where greatness cannot be cultivated but only achieved through life's unexpected experiences? That's an interesting question. I believe that... You can achieve greatness in, in any area of your life, but I think what you're trying to get at is are you only, in some instances, only able to achieve greatness when you have um, you know, an unexpected experience or go through a, a difficult time in life? And I think the adversity, I, I would have to say yes, I think the adversity is what cultivates greatness. The challenges cultivate um, amazingness, right? Without these challenges, without the downs, without the lows, without the adversity, we wouldn't be able to see what we're made of. We wouldn't be able to see if we can make it work, if we can rise to the top, if we can rise to the occasion. So I think these unexpected experiences in life is actually what cultivate greatness in us. You know, they're, um, you know, it's, it's tough because we want to live a happy life. We want to, um, we don't want to deal with a lot of pain. It's not fun, but when we do, we always come out bigger and better a lot of the times if we're determined to be so, um, or we can allow it to control us and hold us back 
and live in fear. And so that's, that's kind of like the quest and the journey we live on. We can either rise to the occasion when we experience pain and doubt and uncertainty and fear and confusion and frustration, or we can let it control us. And I think greatness comes from that adversity where we, we either become great or we stay average through the adversity. So hopefully that answers that question, Chris. Oh, here's an interesting question. What is a healthy amount of ego or how do you know how much uh, success is enough? I want to do things that require being above others, but don't want to step on people. I don't want narcissism to take over me, but I don't want to sit and uh, do nothing with my life as well. This is an interesting question, uh, Luis. Um, what is a healthy amount of ego? I'll answer it with this. You know, when I think about sports athletes, some of the great athletes, there's they have something in common. Some of the best athletes in the world have something in common, and that's a firm belief. And they have a belief in usually one of two things, one themselves or two, God and a higher power who's supporting them. And um, it's interesting because you'll see athletes being interviewed after, you know, the Super Bowl or this and that, the big wins. And you'll notice that they're either talking about how great they are or they give all the glory to God. And they have this belief either way. So I think no matter what, you've got to have a certain amount of confidence. You've got to have a certain amount of belief that you or the energy that something else is channeling through you is going to make you great. And because of that energy and that belief, you are great and you will achieve great things. So you've got to have that confidence somehow. Now, whether you channel it through a higher energy or higher being, it's still you believing that you're great through that energy. Now, you just deflect it and you put it on something else. So you don't have to put it on your own, your own ego. But either way, you're still a strong believer that you are going to win and that you have an amazing ability and you are confident and you are the best through this energy or through yourself. So I think you got to learn how to navigate that mental capacity, that, that, that energy. Am I going to be a cocky winner or business success? Or am I going to be a humble human being through the confidence? And I think it's a dance. You know, I could probably easily be told that I'm a cocky, egotistical, uh, you know, head case for some people because, I promote stuff online, right? Just because I put photos of myself online, people could say that I'm egotistical. Um, but I try to do it in a way that's building my brand that's also expressing gratitude, humility, um, acknowledgement for other people. Like I'm constantly being grateful for what I'm achieving. So I'm not just trying to be like, oh, look at me. I'm the best in the world. I'm number one, bitches. You know, I'm not trying to, to put that out there. Um, and if I do, please, someone slap me. But... You also have to have confidence in what you're creating and who you are and your skills. So there's a dance from not being narcissistic, um, but also rising to the top. Let me see some a couple more questions. I'll go through like two or three more questions, and, uh, and then we'll finish this up. I see a lot of questions that came through here. Hmm. Christopher Hill said, you're friends with some big names. You've interviewed them and others. What have you most learned from them? Something actionable. Hmm. Most learn from the big names. I would say they all have rituals and they all have a certain mindset. So they all follow certain rituals and habits in the morning and most of them at night or throughout the day. Some of them all look different, um, but they all have something that keeps them on track to achieving greatness in their lives. And they all have a specific type of 
positive, open mindset. They're not fixed on the world being a certain way, life being hard, uh, things being challenging. They're, they're open to possibilities and they're positive. So I would say if you are, create rituals in your life and habits in your life that you follow, you're open to possibilities and you're open to questioning everything. I think a lot of them have curiosity. They're, they're, they question everything. Even the things that they think they know, they're open to questioning it and they're open to being wrong. And then they have a positive mindset throughout the day. Now, stuff happens to them on, on a big scale, just like it happens to the rest of us. And, uh, you know, they go through their mixed emotions, but I believe they have a positive mindset most of the time. And that would be powerful to live by. Hmm. Daniel said, when you knew what you know now, 20 years ago, what would you do different? How would you start with online marketing? Uh, 20 years ago, I was 12. So I was just trying to, you know, get girls to like me when I was 12 and try to make it through puberty then. But let's say if I knew what I know, you know, eight years ago or 10 years ago, um, how would I start with online marketing? One, I would build a list. I would create content around an expertise and and work on building an email list as the quality of the list and as fast and as big of a list as I can make it. That's number one. Number two, I would create an online course. I would create an online course because that's how people are making so much money today. They're selling information, they're selling content, and uh, the online education business and industry is supposed to be a $107 billion industry uh, in 2015. So it's a huge industry, you know, online, there's so many online colleges because every university is going online now because that's where the, the money is. There's low overhead, uh, easy access. You don't have to trade your time for an online course. So I would create a course or courses. And then uh, the third thing is I was focused on becoming a master at marketing and sales. And I would specifically use webinars because that's the number one tool to get in front of the most amount of people, create connection, deliver free content, and then sell something at the end. There's no other way that you can sell as much and as fast than with a webinar, a blog post, a video, um, you know, a meetup. Nothing else is going to sell as fast to leverage your time, your money, and your information as a webinar will today. So that's what I would say. One is build your list. Two is to create a course, a digital course, and three is to master marketing and sales, and specifically with webinars, because that's what all the entrepreneurs are doing. They're using webinars now. All right. There's a bunch of more questions here, um, but I might wrap it up. Actually, let's do one more question I see from Joey, who said, hey, Lewis, when watching videos, reading books, and talking to very successful people, I always seem to have an unanswered question or simply said an aspect in which always seems empty. Many people talk about the one thing, the one main things in the beginning, that type of journey is to find your passion or simply strive towards something you like, etc. I want to know how do you find your passion and how do you know if it's the right one? How do you find what you really like? There are many things I like in life, but how do I find it from Joey? That's a great question. So how do you find your passion and how do you know it's the right one? Well, I think you, you take the pressure off yourself first of finding the right one, 
That's that's the first step. Take the pressure off of finding the right one of your passion to follow because I've got lots of passions. And as entrepreneurs, you don't have to just be stuck on doing one thing. You can do multiple things if you want to, or you can build one thing up and then stop doing it and then start a new thing. So for me, you know, I was in a similar place. I didn't really know what my passion was when I started out. I was in sports. I played football. So I thought I wanted to stay in the sports world, but I was really interested in learning about LinkedIn and this online marketing thing. And as I was building up my expertise in it, I started teaching others and had fun with that. So I found that that was a passion that I could teach and make money around. Now I'm, I'm constantly following my passion and focusing on that. And I'm doing multiple things. I've got multiple products. I've got books. I've got podcasts. I'm doing speaking workshops. I'm, I'm doing the things that I want to do, the things that I love. What I would say about finding your passion is I know you're in fitness, Joey, it looks like. So what I would do is stay in the fitness world. If that's what you love doing, if that's what you, inspires you, then be in that and find something you can make money full-time in that industry. And it could be in a lot of different ways. It could be building your own profile and doing online coaching. It could be personal training. It could be creating uh, courses online. It could be a merchandise company. You know, you could be an affiliate for other companies, all these different things that you could do. So I would say, don't focusing on finding the right one uh, right now, focusing on just doing things that make you happy doing things that are fun for you, and then figuring out a way to package that information to make money around that. And then when you're not happy with it anymore, go on to the next thing. You know, we've got a, a lot of a lot of different things we can do in life. And uh, I would say take it one day at a time, you know, have a vision for what you want to create, how you want to feel, how you want to be, and the business you want to build in the fitness industry or whatever that is right now. But when that's done, and you're not feeling excited about it anymore, it's okay to let it go. And, you know, I built a company and I sold it because I wasn't happy with it anymore. And I put a lot of energy and hard work into it, but it got to the point where it was okay to let it go and you don't have to hold on to something forever. So hopefully that answers your question, Joey. There is a bunch of other questions came in, but I want to start with that and get your feedback on this. If you liked this style of Q&A, listener Q&A, then let me know. And leave a comment over on the blog or on Facebook or on Instagram and let me know if you enjoyed this and if you would like more of these. Maybe I'll do them once a month or something and see what questions you guys have. Hopefully, it was some, this was some helpful insights. I love you guys. Thank you so much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.